While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Shout out to Lish, James, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. They are our current Patreon members. Misspoke there. Uh, if you want to support the show, go above and beyond. It's patreon.com slash classroom brew. I am 100% fighting the exhaustion of this week. And also the final now single digit countdown until the wedding. So if I'm a, a tad bit exhausted uh, that may be why. So we'll fight through it. We'll power through it. But cheers for this one. Uh, welcome to it. My name is Ryan, uh, teacher and host of this podcast. Despite what AI or Google's AI said, however many weeks ago that was. Um, now for this week, I, I just have some random thoughts down, um, in some sort of coherent fashion. And uh, as we start the new year. We're at the point now where it feels like we're underway. The honeymoon phase, if you will, is likely over. Um, <laughs> I hope. That's where for sure class averages and, and some students are showing their, I mean, well, they're, their true selves, if you will. In some cases, it's been good. In other cases, not so much um, for their grades. But uh, we did find out this was we found out during the first week of teacher PD that testing for the SAT is a 100% digital, 100% online, 100% reliant on Chromebooks as opposed to good old fashioned paper copy. And um, if you have ever proctored either on a Saturday or just as part of uh, your your job when they do the practice ones and the regular ones in the fall and spring. You know that things go wrong, <laughs> uh, especially in schools where the Wi-Fi, things go wrong. Tech issues, things go wrong. And there's no backup plan, not a single backup plan whatsoever in terms of like a paper copy, anything like that. Uh, it used to be a four plus hour test. I took the ACT as a student, but ever since I've been a teacher, I've been proctoring SATs for the majority of that time. Uh, Only one or two ACTs here or there, maybe. But I also lost track at this point. But it used to be four plus hours for the four, five, six different exams or whatever, and then the essay or whatever it was. Now it's only two hours. I don't know if that's their attempt to just be more relevant because everyone's doing away with the SAT and ACT. No one listens to, like, no one gives a shit about the scores anyway. And um, I love that the kids that, are now the beneficiaries of the exam only being two hours, are also the biggest complainers I've ever met in my life. They were my sophomores I had last year, who are now the juniors in their SAT year. Uh, the mo- uh, Arguably the most important year of their high school career is junior year. 
At least that's what they say. Um, although I don't know. With for for me as a student, we applied to colleges like junior year. Like you knew what to expect going into senior year, but our kids are applying super late. I don't know if my timeline is just off, or maybe I have some some rosy retrospection about about my own college preparedness and um, experience. Like, I feel like I pretty much entered my junior year, or entered my senior year, rather, pretty much knowing where I was going to go. Maybe I made that up in my head to make myself seem more prepared than I was. But it seems a little bit late to be doing this prep work less than a year out for our students. I don't know. Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes with the SAT. One thing on my mind for sure um, that just happened today, the, the day that I'm recording this, is that all the little automatic hand sanitizer stations that were put into our classrooms and in our hallways and all over for the sake of the pandemic, uh, the, our district, CPS, sent all the engineers around to rip them out of the wall. And if you don't believe me, check out my, my Instagram, at Classroom Brew. I'll, I'll be sure to post it, the fact that they just ripped it out of the wall. And they don't usually supply us with hand sanitizers. Uh, bottles for the most part now the ones that were in the wall were nice because they were automatic they were right there and they were refilling them smelled like shit whatever the solution was but it was nice to at least have right like they won't install our banners to celebrate our student athletes in the walls because they're worried about lead paint but they'll rip the literally rip the hand sanitizer stations out of the wall during instructional time, might I add, when they're using a drill because it has to be mounted into the wall, so it's drilled into the wall. And they're just doing that, not worried about lead paint here. A little bit convenient, huh? Uh, Again, I can't get things drilled into the walls after hours where things are sealed into the wall, but they're willing to rip out wall material to take something out of the wall in the classroom, in front of students. Interesting how the lead paint argument really works in their favor, no matter what. <laughs> Just in the, for the interest of doing the least amount of work. Now they don't have to go around and refill the sanitizer stations. Uh, now they, and honestly, it was a, I was like, this is great for the future that we have this, you know? And now we don't. Uh, so that's fun. I actually, since that was on my mind, I asked teachers, I forget one, uh, what's on their mind lately? And uh, Miss M and the Monstars writes, student behaviors, which seem to get more complex each year. Uh, Tita2204 writes, weekends, that's fair. Uh, talking Tia, that's Martia. She writes, leaving. <laughs> that's very fitting um, for some stuff we're going to be talking about lately. Uh, Mercer Tres. Mercer Tress writes, uh, too many philosophical and political things, all education related. Uh, and then teacher underscore Carla writes, how much paperwork I have to complete to help advocate for the services my kids need. And Fabisco writes, Thanksgiving break. <laughs> Which I think I posted that at the end of September, uh, that poll itself. I do love the Thanksgiving break um, reference because I will be gone between October 13th all the way through to November 1st when I return. 
uh, for wedding slash honeymoon stuff, so I can't complain too much, but I am already, already thinking about Thanksgiving break, the next break. Uh, even with short weeks coming up and Indigenous Peoples Day as a day off and, and things like that. Funny about the paperwork though, because I just was uh, working with one of our new teachers uh, with referring a student for IEP slash 504 services, and it just immediately got shot down. Because I guess with whatever the window is to be reevaluated, it has happened. I don't know if that's a year. I don't know if it's six months. I don't know if it's a school year that needs to pass entirely. I'm not sure. But referring this uh, student, I guess they were evaluated. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying I'm arguing with it, but it's a shame that you go through the, I don't want to say hassle, but you go through the, the hard work of collecting your student work samples and you write this narrative and you send out the email as well to just give a heads up to your case manager. Uh, I'm not faulting the case manager either, by the way, if you're a case manager listening in. It's just a shame that it's like, hey, there's a concern this year and we're just crossing our T's and dotting our I's and there's not much that can be done for the student. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's a fault of any one person. I just feel like there's a bit of a flaw to, uh, I guess, the policy. And maybe it's, I mean, I don't know how recent it was. Uh, that seems more like an offline conversation that I'll have with the people who responded saying that the student was uh, evaluated already and did not qualify for services. So maybe that's something that I just have a one-on-one conversation, but on my mind, so it, it is what it is. Um, I love, I, I do love though that weekends, leaving, Thanksgiving break are some of the things that are on our minds in addition to like doing what we can to try to help. That, that's a theme really. Three out of our, our six responses that I decided to screenshot were something related to not being at work. And then the other three were about how things are really hard and teachers are trying to do what we can despite things getting in the way like paperwork or behaviors getting more complicated and services being less and or less available to students. And uh, these political and philosophical debates are happening without teachers, yet it's related to our profession. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so speaking of being undermined, it's <laughs> a good segue. Uh, so I, I, one of my courses that I teach is an AP course, and I love being undermined when it comes to holding students accountable for going to class or just committing to the class itself, including one student who overtly was cutting the class for two weeks, but instead of getting a consequence, their excuse was, well, I'm going to change my schedule to get out of AP without talking to the teacher which, granted, I support the decision to uh, not be in the AP class. I don't think it was a very good fit for the student, but it, it just wasn't approached appropriately. So the, this element of going around the teacher's back, that's what a student does. That's not on the fault of the student, but the adults who allow it to happen, that's another thing. Now, honestly, a simple a simple courtesy is all I ask, a heads up within the first month or two in case I'm buying uh, experiment equipment and things like that. Uh, but none of this happened. And on top of it, the, the adults who they were dealing with pacified the behavior, just went ahead and did the schedule change 
but completely ignored the fact that I wrote up this student for cutting my class for two straight weeks because their justification was, well, they changed their schedule. They shouldn't be in trouble then. But there's no accountability then. Like there's no self-advocacy for the student. This is a senior, by the way. Like what are we doing here? When they leave, whether it's off to the workforce or to college or trade school or I don't know what it is, a gap year, like are they going to call mom and dad or the dean of students or their other teacher or their academic advisor to fix all their problems every time they need help and aren't doing what they should be doing? Is no one else concerned about the long-term effects here? I know I sound super preachy this episode, but I, well, one, I didn't appreciate being undermined. Uh, and two, why do we keep just pacifying kids and then wondering why they don't succeed after high school? I think our post-secondary success rate is less than 25% in my school. You know? And even still, even after having that conversation, we're like, hey, yeah, next time maybe can we approach this differently to, well, one, hold students accountable for cutting class, especially because our juniors and seniors are setting the worst example that you possibly could right now for our freshmen and sophomores. And yes, it's running, rubbing off on them. But um, I don't know. Can we maybe teach them a life lesson about just because it's hard or just because it's not your cup of tea doesn't mean you just quit at the first sign of trouble. I think I looked at this student's schedule and they have like gym, gym, uh, a Spanish class where there's no teacher, uh, a computer science class where there's no teacher. Uh, basically, they have permanent subs and or, and or gym. And maybe they have enough credits and that's fine. And, you know, do you. And uh, it's all good. But even some of our students who have the, the career track or the college track in their mind where maybe getting used to an AP level, college level course is good for you. Uh, even those students are seeking flight as opposed to, I guess fight isn't the right answer, but like they're not trying to power through that academic struggle. Like I've had to send like so many emails and have so many conversations being like, hey, can you maybe, I don't know, push the student, support the student instead of just getting them out of your face by pacifying it and saying, yeah, I'll get you out of that class. No problem. I'll do it for you. No need to advocate for yourself. I don't, I don't understand that. Like I know a lot of the teachers, at least in my district, they don't ask much of our students because they don't expect much from our students. But I just think that's disrespectful. You know? It's like when you talk to a child in a condescending way, like just talk to them like they're an adult. You know, I mean, I'm not saying like go hardcore with your vocabulary or give them give them insane uh, choices to make, but just human beings, just talk to them, teach them some some nice life lessons. I'm not saying that I'm changing the world here by doing this, but when else are you going to learn <laughs> that life is going to be hard and that you have to make these hard decisions? And sometimes the hard decision is the right decision. And the right slash hard decision makes your life easier in the long run. I just had a student literally from 2017 who showed up at the school not even a couple days ago. And I have someone that was in the room to, to back this up and prove that this is not a bullshit story for the sake of convenience. But this student, and I quote, said, y'all didn't say it was going to be this hard out here. Life just smacked me on back of the head. Granted, I don't think she was listening necessarily 100% of the time. I remember she was a very sweet student, 
in the hallways a lot. But um, she had that realization, was that six, seven years later, that maybe you have to actually apply yourself (laughs) so that life isn't so hard after high school. Which was crazy, by the way, because, well, one, validating, it aged well. But two, I recognized her face right away, but I had to ask, like, can you say your last name for me? And as soon as she did, her first name just shot up into my, <laughs> my working memory. Uh, and I was able to say it like right away with a bit of assistance, of course. But that was cool. So that's a nice way to end it, I guess. Let's end it there before it gets, <laughs> goes down again. Uh, a nice little message from a former student who came back to see if I'd remember them. And I did. That was cool. I wonder how much older I looked. Because <laughs> from uh, about 23 years old to about 30 years old, that's a bit of a stark difference. I'm trying to take care of myself, but you never know. (laughs) I see myself every day. They haven't seen me in almost 10 years. So anyway, but hey, thank you guys for listening. This is a little bit of a rant, I guess. Uh, As we approach the wedding, just a heads up, I will either pre-record some stuff, but I also have potentially uh, a guest host who will be hosting an episode uh, while I am gone. And then I'll be returning in the month of November. Uh, So again, I'll be, I think I'll be here for the next episode. Uh, but there will be a couple episodes that are either pre-recorded or will be a guest host to cover me while I'm on my wedding slash honeymoon break. And um, yeah, so uh, if you want to reach out the podcast's Instagram and X, we're not going to check Twitter slash X anymore, is uh, at Classroom Brew, or you could send me an email. It's just classroombrew at gmail.com. Uh, that's if you want to be on the show, send us something, your thoughts, responses, feedback, anything like that. Uh, and then, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash classroombrew to go above and beyond and support the show with some podcast merch and bonus content that is available exclusively to Patreon members only. But until next week, uh, I appreciate you guys. And until then, I don't know why I said it that way. I phrased it wrong. I went through, The cadence has been the cadence for a while now. But thank you guys for supporting it. And class dismissed. This is Classroom Brew.